Lord that um, for the conference, the lady, and it, so many things that, and I'm so God-focused right now. It's just like the closest I've ever been to Him. I just praise Him for that and for um, the opportunity to homeschool Caleb and to school him to be closer to God um, and to teach him like uh, a godly worldview, like along with education, you know, so uh, it's just been nothing but good, and I'm just so grateful. Well, when it, when it comes back around, the responsibility to educate our children still lies with the parents. Right. It never goes away. Maybe. Who was Sherry? Go ahead. Um, I praise God that I'm in my house, and I really praise God for my grandchildren and my daughter-in-law who has been there off and on all week helping me get unpacked and get things together so, so we could have Lily's birthday party yesterday so it was a big blessing lots of praise with Josh go ahead I had several of them uh, one I, I got a job milking cows in the early morning I know that sounds strange but it uh, I like being up early I like doing things early and so it gives me the opportunity to kind of get back to my roots a little bit Milking cows, milking yeah. Cows. So I get to, I've never milked, I've never done it before. So one, I get to learn. Wait, Two, wait, I get to be around wait, cows. Wait a minute. <laughs> huh? You're a farm boy. Yeah. Never milk a cow. Never milk a goat. Never milk a cow. Milk 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 milk. No, it's not. I, I tried. I tried but, to get him away from the farm, and he was like, "Oh, look, cows. Let's go back." There's something else to respond to. It's uh. Thank you. I've never checked YouTube to see if there's a YouTube on how. I, so I'm sure there probably is. But I could definitely teach you how to milk a cow. <laughs> My mother tried to teach me to milk a cow, but it didn't work. <laughs> There's a technique to it. I mean, there is. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, if you do it for very long, you're going to have a you're gonna have a grip. Oh, he, they, they oh got we machines. have dead machines. Yeah. A milking machine. Milking machine. Yeah. Well, then you're not. Then you're not milking a cow. <laughs> I got a job hooking cows up to a milker. There you go. Well, uh, that's not, that's not we've done that too. But okay. Yeah. On top of that, because it, it gave me an opportunity to lead by example for my kids. Because when they get older, I want them to take jobs to learn. Not, you know, don't look how much you get paid. Just go get jobs and learn something. As when they're young before they get older. Yeah. And okay. this gives me an opportunity to take a job just to learn, and um, which helps that. Then another one, uh, I want to praise the Lord. I had the opportunity to shoot a squirrel. I had my, my pellet gun I've had for a long time. Last time I shot, I swear it wasn't working right. I was like, I need to replace all the, all the you know, O rings in it. Yeah. Because it's a pump, it's a single pump gun. Anyways, I pulled it back out because I was going to give it to an old boy to, to fix it. And I pulled it back out and started thumping it. It was working. So I let the kids shoot some pumpkins. Well, anyways, the squirrel comes in. I got to shoot the squirrel and brought him in. The kids got to witness all that. Uh, I've forgotten how much the kids don't know because we're not on the farm anymore. So I praise the Lord for the opportunity to teach them some of those things that they are missing from the farm. And then my last praise is this morning, uh, Lane come dressed up in his little suit. He looked at me and goes, Daddy? I'm going to be a pastor when I get older. Oh. Right. That, was, that was pretty cool. So, anyhow, that's, those are my praises. That's, uh, uh-huh. Just go and take all my praises while you're at it. <laughs> I don't think I can remember it, but 
That's uh, what I'm told that I told my parents when I was his age. I wasn't going to church, so it didn't come from that. It just came from, I don't know, Lord somewhere, I guess. Linda, go ahead. We had an absolutely fabulous day yesterday. The food was phenomenal. We had 12, 14, I don't remember exactly. I thought about you. But it was wonderful. Amen. Mr. Rue's family. Amish movie's so amazing. Yeah. Cool. Everybody else brought stuff. How was your delivery? Okay, you were there. You were the noisy one, weren't you? You were just being noisy. Yeah. Well, we're, we're trying to we're trying to play dominoes and, and uh, can, can you hold it down over there a little bit? And it's Mary again. Yeah. <laughs> It used to be me and John that she was telling to be quiet. <laughs> All right, Glenn, you had your hand up. What's your praise? Okay. All right. Who else? Praises. Back on track. Gilbert, go ahead. Praise the Lord for the gift of life. It was and also to learn how to do appreciate. Amen. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, when you see something fixing to leave, you start appreciating it pretty good. Yeah, it does work like that. Mary? Yeah, I just want to praise God for the rain. Before the rain was falling, I said, Lord, I'd love to have some rain. Did it rain? Oh, yeah. Okay, just check. <laughs> okay. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was busy. I don't know. <laughs> what can I tell you? Yeah, Jamie, go ahead. For this week, he's given me a good week this week, and uh, my job, and I just want to praise him for it. Uh, it's helped me out quite a bit with my strength and, and wisdom. Okay, all right, Clarissa. I also want to praise God for uh, we had the opportunity to come up here this week, middle of the week, and get some work done, and just uh, gave me like a, a realization I haven't spent enough off time in, in my home, yeah, you know, in my church home to, to yeah. keep it, you know to do the things that are necessary. So uh, I just thank him for that realization. And, uh, well, it's... Uh, and for the fellowship time, because it was great. That's what we said to her. Serving the Lord together makes for great fellowship time. And the kids wore each other out. So yeah. Yeah. We, we got to have our homeschool day at church. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, serving your church is serving your Lord. What it is, I mean, it's this is the body of Christ. Can't separate it. Amen. Cool. <laughs> Who else? <coughs> Nona. Well, I fell Friday, and I live to tell about it. It's been easy. It's been painful. Yeah. But I'm here. Amen. You are. Uh, go ahead, Cherry. I had to have my MRIs in my head and my knee on Friday, and I praise God that I made it through the head one. I just almost didn't. That was hard. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine. Josh? Yeah, one more. I won't praise the Lord for this weather. It was, it was so nice yesterday. I was able to open doors and let the house kind of air out a bit. Yeah. It just felt so good. Yeah, baby. Okay. Anybody else? No? That's it? You actually going to let me start teaching before noon? Or 10 o'clock? <laughs> the, uh, 
uh, I've, I have to praise the Lord for the, you know, there's a lot going on with Lisa right now that's hard to praise the Lord for. Uh, hearing her cry out to the Lord and and answers don't seem to be coming is uh, hard to take. But uh, given everything that we're going through, uh, he's still he's still showing us mercy, and we're still getting through it. It's what's called suffering. It's what it's called. I mean, it, God told us we're going to have to deal with that, and and we are right now. It can't all be sunshine and roses. Uh, sometimes I say, "Well, well, why is that, Lord? Are you sure about that?" <laughs> but uh, but we're hanging in there, and uh, it's uh, and we will. It's 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 how it works. So that's uh, that's what it is, and we're still praising the Lord for. Life, Gilbert, for life. It's uh, life is like that. It doesn't change, uh, and it doesn't happen on the on the scale that we would like it to happen. But uh, that's where it is. I'm trying to figure out from my notes here in uh, that I wrote marked in my Bible where I left off last week. Which verse? John 4, 49. 49, really, okay. The nobleman's son. Obviously, I didn't mark it. I'm like, with these new nursing skills I'm having to learn, I'm learning to mark things down. Because so, you will not remember them. Not going to happen. Uh, the, the nobleman came and found Jesus. Uh, Jesus has been in Samaria. He went through Samaria on his way from Judea back to Galilee. Why is that unusual? Because it's a long way around. Not exactly. That map that we need in here that I didn't get yet, it's, it's right there on the wall. It's, just imagine it. Up there at the top, there's a there's a body of water. What's it called? Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee. The Lake Genesaret or Chinnereth. There are different things it's called. If you go straight south, what are you going to go through? Samaria. Samaria. What's the what's the terrain in Samaria like? It's mountains. And we're not talking about beautiful snow-capped vistas of the Rockies. We're talking about rocks. Rocks stood up edgeways. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to have to try to go through there. Uh, it's very difficult and there's lots of outlaws. It's Samaria. That would be like, you know, well, let's go, let's go, we're going to go to Contra Road, but we're going to go through, what is that, the Fifth Ward, and, and where all the gangs are hanging out, and we're going to go that way. Uh, Jesus, nobody, nobody took the Samaritan route. You go, you take the long way. 
you take a right and go over to the Dead Sea. You still had to go over the mountains and back down to the Dead Sea. What's special about the Dead Sea? Other than it's dead. It's the, it's the lowest elevation on planet Earth. So when you go up over the mountains, you go down to where you were and then you go down some more. Uh, and then you follow that around to the water that's flowing into the Dead Sea. What is that water? We're looking at this imaginary map here. We're down here at the Dead Sea. You follow it around to the top of it, north side of it. There's a, there's a river flowing into it. What's that river? It's the Jordan River. The Jordan River Valley goes the full length of Israel, all the way back up to the area known as Galilee. If you're traveling through a valley, well, it's going to be grass for the burrows, for the donkeys. There's going to be trails. It's a much easier route than up and down mountains that you can't hardly stand on because the rocks are sliding everywhere anyway. So they go up there, and uh, you get up there to uh, about the Jezreel, where the Jezreel Valley flows over to the Jordan, and you're going to have to cross that river, which is not hard to do because they're not deep and wide. Then you need water for the animals anyway. But you got that with Jordan traveling all the way up through there. And you get up there and you take a left after you get, get over that river crossing and you're heading into Galilee. Jerusalem's back down here below. Galilee's up here at the top. About 100, 120 miles, roughly, if you look at the scale on the map. So Jesus goes through Samaria, takes longer. No, no possible reason to go through Samaria except for one. Because there's a, there's a woman who's having a rough time with her life. Sounds like she's had a rough time her whole life. Been married five times. Most of you ladies know how horrible it is to put up with one husband. She's done it five times. And, and, and reality says she's really not that smart. Because after the first time she did it, she did it four more times. So, I mean, you know, now, did they all die? No. Well, maybe, but we don't know, but it didn't say. But uh, that's kind of like, uh, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about what that's like. That, that was, that's too negative to, to put into our class today. Five times. And then, she, but she gave up on it. So she decided to live with the next one and not even get married. And this is kind of backtracking into this, but there's something about this that we didn't really talk about last time. She said, if you knew who you're talking to, you would ask of him and he would give you living water. He told her, God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he talked to her straight 
uh, unlike anybody else we read about. He told her, I'm the Messiah. Straight out. He wouldn't do that with the Pharisees. He didn't do that with Nicodemus. He didn't do that with the rich young ruler. He didn't do that with, she's the one. And you got to ask yourself, well, how, does, does he like love her more than the rest of all those people? Maybe, I don't know. But I know the one thing, uh, she's special. And I know something else. She's a, she's a soul winner. She went, she went to the town and said, come see a man that told me all things whatsoever I did. Is this not him? Is this not the one? And Jesus says, uh, she said, give me this matter. This, this this water that I'll need her won't ever thirst again. Jesus said, "Okay, go call your husband." I learned some things from this. Chapter four in John has more in it about how to win people to Christ in a practical sense than any other book that I know of in the Bible. I mean, it does. Not more than chapter three. You got to go through chapter three when you get them, but I mean the principles are all in here. We've talked about it, but uh, when you were in that place that God put you as He was drawing you to the Father, as He was drawing you to His Son Jesus, I would be curious to know if this happened to you. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I know that it, it did happen to me, not in the same way. You know, the Bible does not tell lost people that they must repent of their sin before they can come to Jesus. Now, I know that's what all the preachers get up and pound on the pulpit and yell at you, but it's not in there. And you don't have the strength to repent of your sin until after you come to Jesus. That I absolutely know. But there is something that happens here. And it happened to this woman. And I'd be curious to know if it happened to you and if you remember it. Jesus caused her to face her sin before. Now, she couldn't do anything about it. How you gotta, how are you going to do something about five husbands ago? How can you do that? And the one you're living with, what do you do with that? But he, he, he made her face her sin. I remember how the Lord did that with me. Gilbert, you had your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, he had, uh, in, his, in the perspective that I see it, is that he had to bring also not only salvation, but the gospel to the Samaritan people. Yeah. I've talked to people that thought they were really good people. And I got, I've, I've asked him, I said, well, you know, if you're good, what Jesus, what's there to save you from? You think this woman thought she was pretty good or not? But she had an attitude. <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah, she did that. Probably not, though, considering she waited till everybody else wasn't at the well. Like, she removed herself from everybody, so she probably yeah. didn't feel adequate even. Did you come to Jesus thinking you were a really good person? 
or did you come to Jesus some other way? Jesus came to me when I felt like I was still a good person. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but I didn't come to him until I realized. Until so you realized that you weren't. He, he does that to us. He, he makes us face our sin. But why else would we need a Savior? Exactly. Well, how could anything make more sense than that? Yeah. If we're good, why do we need a Savior? But there is none good. Yeah. Not even one. Well, I just wanted to point that out uh, because he did, he did force her to deal with that. Terry. You know, Pastor, it sounds like a terrible cliche, but, uh, uh, you know, really, really, for me, I was after the truth. When Jesus, when Jesus dreamed yeah. that, that's how I dreamed it. I was after the truth. I wanted to know, you know, am I created or not? Yeah. That's how I dreamed me. It wasn't really, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if sin even existed, but... If we all just evolve, there is no sin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, finding out the truth uh, about God also caused you to have to face the truth about you, didn't it? Same thing. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't what drew me there, though. That's, I thought that's what the question was. Well, that's... that's God, once got there, found out how bad I am. But. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. The Lord makes us face our sin. He does. It's it's in every it's in every case in the Bible, and it's in every one of our lives. Who's come to the Lord? the The words that that I actually spoke without speaking them out loud that I actually spoke to Jesus the night I got saved was, Lord, I know I can't live it. Well, why? Why? How do I? How do I know that? Yeah, because I'm, I'm a sinner. I can't do it. But I just saw your promise. And if I and if I would turn it over to you, you'll handle it. And I did. And he did. And here we are. So, but I still had to. I still had to look in that mirror and see what was really there. Repentance, that was, that's what I told the Lord. I can't. I can't stop. I, I, last time I got to preach this to anybody uh, away from here, I asked them, how many of you got saved on a Sunday morning? There were a bunch that got saved on a Sunday morning. And I said, uh, and you sinned again before Sunday night, didn't you? And nobody raised their hand, but they all kind of looked down. Yeah. Did you turn from your sin? No, you didn't. You may have turned from liking it as much or something of that nature, but repenting of your sin can only be done by believers who have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. Walk in the Spirit. You have to be in the Spirit We've been studying this for Wednesday night and a Sunday before. You have to be in the Spirit before you can ever walk in the Spirit. And being in the Spirit is being a real believer. That's what it says in Romans. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you.
that's how it works. I saw hands go up and back down, but so I'm not sure if I've called on anybody or not. Okay, here we go. We're back to where we were in chapter 4, verse 49, about this nobleman's son. This nobleman was hurting big time. If you had loved ones that were really sick, this guy's son... And, and I don't think there could be any more anguish in, the, in your soul than to see one of your children at the point of death and not be able to do one solitary thing about it. That's a hard, hard place to be. Horrible hard. That's where this guy was. And Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The, the noter come down ere my child die. I mean, he couldn't think about his sin problem. He couldn't think about signs and wonders. His boy was going to die. And he knew it. And he, he was. He was at the point of death. And Jesus said, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. How simple did that get? He didn't have to go through Bible classes, did he? But he did have to put his trust in Jesus. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And while he was now going down, his servants met him. And told him, saying, Your boy's alive. Thy son liveth. He and then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. And himself believed and his whole house. What does what and his whole house mean? How could you not? Yeah, I mean, how could, how could you not? And uh, I can't help when I see this term in this whole house. There's two, other, there's two other examples in Scripture that come to mind. One of them is the jailer at Philippi. And he believed with his whole house. Now, they, he didn't just go home and tell them. They went to his house. Paul and Silas went with him home and taught his household, shared the gospel. And they believed and were baptized. That same, that's immediately, straightway. The other one that I think about was uh, Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. He wasn't like this guy, this guy's a this guy's a Jew, and he knows he's dealing with the Messiah, just like the woman at the well knows she was dealing with the Messiah. And so, Cornelius was told by the angel, you know, that'll be a great study one of these days. I hope we get to share that at some point. Cornelius was told by the angel, not about Jesus, not the gospel. Send for Peter. He's in Joppa. 
Now Caesarea and Joppa are on, both on the seaside. Caesarea is back down over here and Joppa is back up over, over here. There's that map again. There's that map again. Uh, and uh, well, it needs to be a big one because some of you I don't think can see that good. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Anyway, he sends for Peter, and, and the story is just phenomenal. It's just a great story. I mean, he goes to, he sends messengers to Peter, and they show up, and they tell him that he needs to come to Caesarea because to see this Gentile named Cornelius. And Peter don't want to go. He is a, he is the wrong color. He is the wrong pedigree. He is not somebody I want to go have break bread with. And the Lord didn't like what Peter told him. And the Lord gave him a vision, put him to sleep. He's got a nap. And what's he see? He sees a sheet being let down from heaven. He said, what do you mean a sheet? Well, it's a sheet, a bed sheet. Like, I mean, what do you, what do you want to think it's called, you know? And on this sheet are all manner of barbecue. <laughs> Unclean animals. And the Lord says, Peter, rise, kill and eat. You can see Peter. <sighs> yeah. Oh no, Lord! Nothing, nothing like this is. I, I've never touched anything like this. The Lord says, "Don't, don't call something unclean that I have cleansed." What a lesson! I guess I am going to talk about this lesson. <laughs> I guess I am. I'm already started. I might as well go with it. Uh, this is one of the most basic principles of God's word that any church could ever receive. Spiritual, physical prejudices and things of that nature have been common in pretty much our past. All of us. It doesn't matter what color you are. It's been there. If it's there, you're going to have to get over it and get past it. Uh, you won't get past it learning how that other people are as good as you are. What you will get past it learning that nobody is worse than you are. That's how you get past it. The worst thing on the planet is a sinner and you are one. There's nobody to look down on. They're either as good as you or probably better or you wouldn't be still thinking like this. Make sense? But do you know what do you know what happens when that evil rises in God's house? And it does. It happens all over the place. It happened in this church. Cecil can tell you about those days. He was here. The great commission to every church is go and teach every creature, every person. What do you teach them? What's the, what's the command? Gospel. The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Get them saved. And then do what? And then baptize them. If you've studied your Bible, what happens when you baptize them? You've got a 
grandson and future dishwasher, whatever the case is of being here, who knows, <laughs> that all, that both of them are uh, ready, ready. I don't know if you are scheduled Next yet, but for baptism. Next Sunday. What's going to do when when uh, they come up out of the water? What are they going to come up? The difference and they went in. They're going to be a part of. My They're going to be a member of this church. Amen. What if he's the wrong color? God doesn't see color. Well, his whitewash wash off. <laughs> if we do what the Lord told us to do, the most basic thing He told the church to do, nothing more basic. If we obey Him. This church is going to be filled with all kinds of different colors, all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of cultures. No way it could possibly be different. So how in the world on this planet could any church hang on to racial or cultural or any other kind of prejudices when the most basic command that God ever gave us is going to destroy that completely. So is it any wonder this church went through what it did back in those days? Lord took the pastor home, left the church in the total chaos, nearly vanished. Why would the Lord put me in his church? I can only figure one good reason that I could for sure count on is because I will not put up with that at all. I will not. You know I can, I can preach certain ways and actually run people off from time to time. It's happened before. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you and whoever else listens to the tape on this, you come in here and you start that garbage, I will run you off myself eye to eye. You will not stay in this church preaching or practicing that kind of prejudice against people based on the color of their skin or the it's not going to go on here i'm not going to have the lord take me out before i get ready to go <laughs> preach because i didn't listen and i'll send you down the road quicker than you can possibly imagine if you raise that up in this church we are all sinners saved by grace that's right and i'm a sinner and i love you but there are things i will not put up with Amen. and that's one of them so if you've got a problem with that, you really need to get over it. And the best way to get over it is to realize that there ain't nobody worse than you. You're on the bottom of the barrel with me. We're, we're down there in the dregs. Next subject. <laughs> well, the nobleman uh, got to see his sons alive and healthy that day because of Jesus. And the Bible says this is, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Now he's going to, as chapter 5 begins, he's going to go right back to Jerusalem. That was quite an adventure he had. And he took all his disciples with him. He taught them principles of how to win people to Christ. He taught them that they don't pick and choose. It's one thing for a Jew to hang out with a Gentile. And that would, you know, he would pretty much be 
thrown out of the synagogue and all kinds of bad things happened to him over that. There's only one thing actually back then that was worse than that. And that was hanging out with Samaritans. And who does Jesus go to? Special. <laughs> Special. <laughs>